small to medium sized businesses uh, need uh, automation desperately but they don't have the access like for most businesses that we're targeting will bro will be their first robot ever in their setting like such sophisticated robotic uh, product will be their first product there are uh, there are machines that they use but then they're not that sophisticated they're like simple automation uh, the, the the reality is they the more automation that that you tend to give them the, their productivity will increase hi wherever you're listening to us i hope you're doing well welcome to forbes india's tech conversations where we bring you insights from tech entrepreneurs cxos and investors i'm hari arakli as india readies its own deep tech startups policy this is episode 7 in a short series of conversations with some of the entrepreneurs and vc investors who are building this ecosystem in the country in today's episode Aditya Bhatia, a National Institute of Design alumnus and co-founder of Orangewood Labs, a venture backed by investors including Y Combinator, talks about how he and his co-founders Akash Bansal and Abhinav Das want to make robotics-based automation much more accessible to small and medium-sized businesses. Aditya also touched upon the current funding environment for deep tech startups. as well as his first impressions of india's draft deep tech policy especially in the context of companies such as orangewood which is based in the us with pretty much all of its r and d in india aditya good morning thank you so much for making time for this uh, welcome to this podcast uh, really looking forward to this conversation um Do you want to start by just giving us a simple backgrounder about yourself, uh, your co-founders, as well as a bit about Orangewood Labs and we'll go from there? Yeah, sure. First of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm Aditya. I'm one of the co-founders of Orangewood Labs. And we're building affordable robotic arms for small to medium-sized businesses. Uh, my background is, uh, is in mechanical engineering and industrial design. I did my industrial design specializing in furniture from National Institute of Design, Ahmedabad. And I worked as a furniture uh, designer for quite some time. Um, met my co-founders in Ahmedabad, um, Abhinav, uh, who is uh, CEO of Orangewood Labs, uh, used to build uh, rural trucks in his previous startup. Uh, we were actually roommates at the time. That's how I met him. Akash uh, is from IMM Dupath uh, and ran, a, uh, ran his previous company in, lo- in loans. Uh, I met him in Ahmedabath as well because uh, Abhinav and Akash were connected at the time and we sort of uh, used to you know, hang out uh, together. or brainstorm on um, startup ideas and, you know, what, uh, new, what new can be done in technology and, you know, what not. So uh, coming back to, you know, furniture days, um, while I was working as a furniture designer, I saw some uh, gaps. Um, uh, building furniture is fun, 
But when you're building uh, custom furniture at a scale, it, that's where the problem is because you need to iterate a lot. And then there are like tons of dependencies on, let's say, carpenter or on the material. Then we thought, why can't we just automate it? And to our surprise, automation was costly and is and still is. So we started building our own uh, CNC at Abhinav's uh, parents' basement. Um, so uh, we started building CNC and we were, build, we, we were basically building furniture using robots. And the idea was to enable uh, fellow furniture designers to build more and build faster. And we uh, conceptualized a platform where there were designers, consumers, and our, um, our network of machines where you just upload the design and that, uh, and that platform enabled the designers to design more. And consumers had the freedom to choose from those designs. So you get the custom customized furniture really quick. So like at the time, IKEA was about to launch in India. But what I saw was, even though IKEA was great in design, but still they have they have limited uh, pieces, and there's no scope for customized uh, furniture because every house and every office has different requirements. So we conceptualized this, and this is what uh, took us to Y Combinator. Uh, we were part of IC uh, Winter 18 batch. Um, then uh, we did this for, for some time and then we realized that um, the problem is even bigger because um, industries, uh, I'm sorry, manufacturing is tough uh, and um, getting uh, skillful labor is even more tougher. And it's not true for you know countries like US or UK, it's even true for India where, where we think labor is cheap. Cheap labor doesn't mean, mean skillful labor. So in 2019, uh, we pivoted to robotic arms. <laughs> and uh, uh, in 2018, we were building a uh, robotic arm. It was a side project because we got frustrated in one of the projects uh, because painting is one, uh, I mean, cutting is one thing and painting is another huge task. So we had a robotic arm in 15 days with a four-man team. Um, we cut uh, plywood in our own CNC and assembled it, used like you know, second and stepper motors, and it did the job. It was able to paint the furniture pieces, and we thought that this can be a bigger opportunity. And that's how we ended up building robotic arms, and here we are with, uh, with uh, deployments on field, uh, with more customers, and you know. With more iterations, can you talk a bit more about uh, what Orange Wood is like today? I mean, tell us about your main products, um, the technologies that you have developed along the way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, we uh, we we want to you know democratize robots. That was that was our uh, that was our vision, and that still is. So there, the gaps that we saw in the industry were two folds. One is the affordable uh, affordability factor, and then second is um, programming time. 
So um, we have uh, we made this feature called RoboGPT, uh, which is our latest feature. And the exciting part about this technology is that uh, you don't need to have a robotics background. It's, in layman terms, it's basically chatbot for robots. So you just need to type in the command or say it aloud, and the robot will do the task. Uh, usually, uh, the programming takes a lot of time. In some projects, it takes weeks. In some projects, it takes months. But that programming time will get reduced with this feature. So, uh, and it's regardless. Like even if you are, uh, even if you are a professional from, let's say, accounting. Or you, or you're an art student, or you're a blue collar worker. It doesn't matter. What, what you just need to have is just say, say the command out loud, and robot will do the task. So it's like robot all of a sudden uh, is like a genie, and you command it. Give us a couple of examples of the types of uh, prompts that people can give. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's say, you know, you, I'll give you a scenario. So you go to a bar and there is, uh, there are robotic arms on, on the, on the bar table. So instead of giving an input on a touch pad, you just say aloud, Hey robot, give me, give me this drink or Hey robot, surprise me today. So based on your, you know, emotions and your mood, robot can uh, serve you drinks. It can uh, make drinks. Uh, as per the mood or as per as per the, as per the command and the uh, industries that we uh, are targeting uh, are mostly industrial right now uh, we're also focusing on food um, and then we see that uh, uh, there, there are industries where nobody thought that this can be this can use robots so we're getting those uh, use cases as well uh, I mean, can you give me one or two specific tasks that the robot can uh, do in the industrial scenario? And also, if you can talk about, uh, uh, I mean, what's a good way of uh, illustrating uh, how flexible your robotic arm is? Because earlier on, you mentioned how uh, in the past, it, you, it would take a lot of programming for even simple changes. And now you're attempting to uh, simplify all of that and make it and reduce the uh, programming or even maybe eliminate it by allowing people to just give some prompts um so uh, in terms of industrial processes um i'll give you example of furniture uh, because i've closely worked in the industry um so for example um in in a typical furniture uh, factory where uh, there are uh, pieces uh that ranges from let's say 10 SKUs to hundreds of SKUs. You you don't know what the quantity will be next week or even next month. So for example, there are 10 different objects, and there will be time that one of the objects has 10 order, the other objects have let's say 100 order. That can change within a few days or within a few weeks or within a few months. So you need to change the entire setup. Uh, suppose you're doing finishing or you're throwing colors via powder coating or spray painting. 
So you need to change that uh, change that setting. And while doing with uh, robots, you also need to change the program. So it it involves a lot of uh, programming time. With robot GPT, you'll be you'll just reduce that time to few seconds and few sentences. That's the kind of uh, disruption that we're focusing. I mean, what would be a sentence like? I mean, will you say? Uh, and and what do you call your uh, robot? By the way, I mean, is it called Orange Wood or is there a name for your robot? Yeah, we're calling it Bro right now. <laughs> bro, okay. So, so what would be a typical prompt? Will you say, uh, Bro, change the color to this? Will it be like that? Man? Yes, yes. So, uh, commands will be simple as they're natural language based. So, you can say, for example, um, um, for powder, oh, I'm sorry, for furniture industry, you say, Bro, uh, change the color fr- from blue to red or uh, do this. From let's say five p.m. to seven p.m., you know, simple sentences like this, and it it is as simple as telling to some human or a fellow human. So, in all of this, uh, can you talk about what is the proprietary technology that you all have developed? The software programming that goes into a kind of an off-the-shelf robotic arm, or have you also done some innovations with the hardware itself? Yeah. So we built the hardware as well. Been building hardware uh, since 2019. Um, we have also a patent around the hardware uh, where we're using machine learning uh, on on the gearboxes to reduce the backlash. Yeah, mm. and uh, the, this uh, software programming part is also our own. Mm. So in in terms of your uh, business model. Is it basically about uh, selling Bro and the associated software, or are there other uh, lines of business? Um, you know, because today you have connected, uh, basically everything's connected. There's IoT. Uh, factories can have private virtual networks with 5G coming in and so on. Uh, so, what are the different ways in which uh, you know, you're making money? So uh, our model is on a subscription. Um, we're charging around three hundred dollars in the U.S. and around you know eight hundred to I'm sorry uh, six hundred to eight hundred dollars in India. Um, you're getting a response for uh, two thousand to twenty five hundred in the U.S., but we're still uh, getting the right spot. Um, so the subscription is for what? Is it for like one robot uh, and uh, all the necessary software to operate the robot? Uh, and and this is is this on an annual basis? Fifteen hundred dollars. Fifteen hundred dollars a month. A month. Uh, and uh, the 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 model will in, will include a basic integration and the unit and other additives. And, and how uh, how do people control the uh, robot? I mean, is it a, like a smartphone app or is there a dedicated tablet or device and how do those things yeah. work? So, yeah, yeah. So it comes with the tablet and uh, with RoboGPT, uh, you know, you can give uh, uh, type commands or even audio commands. Uh, but yeah, we're giving the tablet in case you need to. Uh, 
you need to uh, make different commands. And and sir, people can install this on their iPads and things like that. Yes. Okay. Uh, not. I mean, we we're giving the tablet. Uh, so it's not like you have a phone or or a ta- or 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 an iPad. Uh, we uh, we are still working on it, and uh, it will be there soon, but not for the moment. So typically, uh, who are the kinds of customers uh, who are currently using Robo and in your mind, which are the sectors where you see the most opportunities? Yeah, um, we are focusing on small to medium-sized businesses. And uh, the opportunities that we see uh, are actually a lot because it's a six-axis robotic arm, which means it is it is as uh, similar as a human hand. So the uh, the opportunities are massive. In fact, uh, we internally we uh, we throw a lot of use cases on each other that hey, can you do this? Can you do that? Uh, but uh, we are focusing on three applications as of now. There is uh, pick and place. Uh, there is um, surface finishing, which includes powder coating, uh, spray painting, even sandblasting, and there is visual inspection. So these are the three uh, use cases that we are completely focusing on. Uh, we're getting good interest from the food industry. Uh, we have developed two use cases around uh, drink pots. Uh, we have developed use cases in frying. Uh, so we're getting good interest. But that is something which is which we're still researching. And then there are other use cases that you know that come up almost every day. Currently, are you all based in Ahmedabad or Noida? Where where are you based? Uh, so we are based out of San Francisco and Noida. Yeah. So yeah, um, we have around uh, forty people, thirty forty people. Uh, most of us are in in Noida, and then uh, five to eight members are are in the US, including my co-founders Abhinav and Akash. Abhinav is in the West Coast and Akash is in East Coast. So the work in the US, is that more customer facing or do you also do some R&D in the US? Uh, it's more customer facing at the moment. Uh, R&D happens in our Noida office. So as you know, uh, especially in recent times, there's a lot more interest in deep tech engineering and science and engineering in India. And recently, India has also released uh, a draft policy on on deep tech startups. Um, have you had a look at this? And I'm just wondering. Uh, I mean, in your company, a lot of these things would be very relevant, right? And uh, given that you're trying to build a sophisticated robot with the associated software and all, uh, what are your first thoughts? What's your first impressions from this policy? Yeah, I mean, it's a great step towards the startup ecosystem in India. Uh, I really like the way they are thinking, but what I am waiting is when rubber hits the road, because mm-hmm. policies are great, uh, but then there are nuances on the on ground, which needs uh, special attention at times. And I'm also curious how these policies work for companies like us, who are who are also registered in the US and have subsidiaries in India. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I've seen many companies facing. Uh, issues when it comes to investment 
because of uh, because of this. So I'm curious how this works out. On papers, it looks great. Uh, the the things that you liked uh, any uh, one or two examples of what are the things that you liked and uh, and maybe you can also talk a bit more about like you said in terms of specifics what are some of the areas where you thought it needs more work um what i like about uh, the policy is that it, it is covering uh, most aspects uh, it is giving support uh, to uh, to all the r and d Uh, and especially deep tech takes a lot of time and when it comes to hardware it's even more hard uh, and as there are moving paths you need to iterate faster but then you can't uh, as it take takes time to build things um with software you can you have the luxury to change things faster but then with hardware it takes time so yeah i'm just uh, again i'm i'm just waiting like how how these this work out practically the general uh, i guess perception if not consensus is that uh, deep tech companies uh, there is a fair amount of investment needed upfront uh, gestation periods can be long and so on and currently of course everybody is talking about a funding winter and all of that uh, can you talk about any uh, india specific challenges that your company uh, has been facing and maybe give us a sense of how you all are tackling it yeah for sure um so as i told you um um deep tech startups and hardware startups uh, demands a lot of prototyping and what i have observed uh, is that if i want to prototype things it takes more time because there is no well connected ecosystem as in other countries uh, i need to wait a lot but then if i have certain volumes uh, let's say thousands or 10000 units then uh, these uh, uh, these companies which are you know which are doing great will talk to you so the the barrier is is big uh, for for let's say prototyping high finish uh, or high uh, efficient working prototypes and that that is exactly why i think this, the the growth is slow in hardware startups uh, there are maker spaces in india which have you know sprouted for past 5 7 years but then uh, when you are building a prototype for a customer they don't uh, they don't uh, they're not interested in seeing something half baked they would want to see something which is finished and something which is working um there is i mean uh, there's a counter argument that you know it should work but then i i would say like that's your first impression uh, in front of the customer if you're giving a half baked product even though it's it's working uh, you may not be able to charge the amount that justifies your hard work so this is a major challenge that i see in 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 india and in general i mean by definition deep tech companies uh, have to compete globally there's no such thing as a regional deep tech or anything like that um, so in that context it would also mean that your products need to have uh, you know some specific unique advantage or 
innovation that will help you win um can you talk about that I mean what are some of the innovations that makes uh, uh, orange wood uh, bro stand out versus competition yeah so um one is the our latest feature robot gpt and the second is uh, we're able to reduce the price and give it give it on a subscription model and this uh, we believe is uh, is actually democratizing robots um as i mentioned in the beginning of our conversation that uh, small to medium sized businesses uh, need uh, automation desperately but they don't have the access like for most businesses that we're targeting will bro will be their first robot ever in their setting like mm. such sophisticated robotic uh, product will be their first product there are uh, there are machines that they use but then they're not that sophisticated they're like simple automation uh, the 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 reality is they the more automation that that you tend to give them the their productivity will increase so if i if i speak of again the furniture industry 10 or 15 years ago or 20 years ago there were no power tools uh, in in the carpentry business but the moment uh, these carpenters had the access to these power tools their productivity increases now imagine giving those carpenters the robotic arm where will their productivity uh, will go uh you, you all have raised some funding um, around 4.5 million dollars so far and can you talk about uh, where you stand at in you know in terms of your funding will you need more money soon uh, and if so how are those stocks going in the current slowdown scenario yeah yeah so uh, we uh, as you rightly said we did raise around 4.5 million dollars um and uh we're still raising uh, our round is open and we're raising 5 million dollars which will allow us to produce more robots um we have some soft commitments and a term sheet for credit lines worth 10 million dollars this will allow us to produce around 1500 uh, units of robots or 1800 on the higher side but yeah like um, we're still looking for more investors who can you know help us with our round so in the current scenario are you able to uh, at least raise at existing valuations or are people asking you to reduce your valuations what are some of the options that you're considering i mean you just mentioned that there are credit lines as well yeah yeah so uh, we uh, our previous investor is also participating uh, at a valuation of 40 40 million and yeah we're getting soft commitments on mm. on the same valuation and and manufacturing your robots are you doing that in india do you do it yourself or is there a contract manufacturer who's doing it for you it's mix of many uh the major component uh one of the components come from china and the fabrication happens in uh, with one of our contract manufacturers assembly is something that we are doing in house and you mentioned fabrication and assembly i mean 
for like a really lay person can you give us a sense of what's the difference yes yes that's a good question fabrication uh, means since our robotic arm uh, the body is in aluminum and to get the shape and size of that of those parts we need to mill it or we need to cut it in specific size or shape so we use cnc machines to uh, to to make that uh, make that shape and size uh, those parts come from our vendor and all uh, all the other parts for example the actuator actuator is like the part responsible for the movement uh, the pcb boards which is like the green board that you have often seen in electronics part uh, and other and even the wire harness all of that we assemble in house uh, our long term vision is to uh, produce the robots in house completely it is that the scale where we are uh, it doesn't make any sense but we're parallelly planning to produce everything in house okay uh, excellent aditya thank you a really nice update for me on your work definitely hope to keep the conversation going thank you so much for having me uh, glad to be part of it that's it for this conversation i hope you found it interesting you can find all our podcasts at forbesindia.com and on your favorite podcast app i'm hari arkli thank you for listening